with a punch and a kick instead of punching a clock. It's no wonder that this is timeless. Nice spin sleeping on the floor, need a better release of cots. Since his dreams started to find him. What's up, what's up? How's it going? It's your girl, Just Be Real, and welcome back for another episode of Just Be Real Podcast. Today, I got a few good things going on. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? One of my homegirls from college, my homegirl, Key. About to chat it up, bust it up real quick, you know, and let y'all into her world a little bit. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. Alrighty, I got my girl, Key, here. I appreciate you, as always, because, listen, this is real. Like, this is real right here. Y'all understand? So, Key, introduce yourself. Uh, how y'all doing? Uh, so, my name is Kiana Dalvera. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up as a military brat. And, yeah, I've just been traveling the world ever since I was little. And now I'm in the military, and I do the same thing, to be honest. Just travel the world, take care of my soldiers, and have fun. Live, living the life you was brought into. So today's uh, episode is called Army Strong, and like Key said, she's in the military, but I'm going to give you a little background. So I met Key at Dell State. We went to Dell State together at the same time. And you know how, like, you can meet people, y'all cool, and y'all, you know, have a, but it's like, once y'all graduate, it's kind of like, it's possible that y'all drift and don't really communicate. I mean, thank God for social media. Social media allows you to keep up. But, like, having that real rapport and conversation isn't as much, which is crazy because you're in my iCloud. So... And that's from back when I first had an iPhone. And I was like, wait, I've always had Key's number. Like, it literally has, like, your first and last name in there. And I'm like, yo, I've had Key's number this whole time. Go figure. But, like, we reconnected. And shout out to Twitter. Shout out to Twitter. Twitter will never be a social media I can go away from because it's just, it's so informative. It's just, and then it's comical at the same time. So, then we reconnected, and then boom, here we are. So I was like, "Yo, Key, would you be mind being a guest on my podcast? You know, talk because I feel like people don't get to see the insights of what a black woman, how it is to be in the military. Like how you said you grew up in the military. I feel like people don't get to see the black perspective as a woman what it is in the military. So I was like, "Let me get you on here because we need to have this conversation." And I don't know nothing about it. <laughs> no, I got you. I can help you out with that. So who is Key? And outside, like, given, like you said, what made her go to the, go be Army Strong? Like, what, what outside of the military background, was there anything else that pushed you to be in that space? Uh, honestly, it just goes right to me being, being a military brat. Um, being from Brooklyn, New York, growing up originally, like, it was rough, you know? And I'll be the first one to tell you, between God and the military and the Army, my dad being in the Army, that saved my life. Um, it's always put me in kind of the right place at the right time. For what I'm doing in life and I just kind of ran with that and still to this day it's been helping me you know in my career in my personal life just you know army <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of discipline and structure so I feel like if you're a person that's like able to be disciplined and structured because you know how some people free spirits so the military would never be for them because I'm like yo there's structure and discipline you know you have to listen to somebody right like you can't just do whatever like and, you know, this is some people who would just wouldn't fit their mold. But I respect it, though, because, yeah, Brooklyn is, oof. Mm. You know, being from New York, too, I already know, like, it's not it's called the concrete jungle for a reason. So <laughs> I understand the logic, but it's just like, dang. But I, I respect it, though, because 
you know, sometimes people, you have a choice. And I feel like that was a choice that you made for the betterment of yourself, which most don't think of as the option to do so. Like some do, but some don't. So I respect that wholeheartedly. So what about the other branches of military that you just knew wasn't for you to pursue, though? Like the Navy? Ooh. So I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when I first approached my family, because um, my uncle, he was in the Army as well. I got another uncle that did Navy. And then my dad, of course, uh, they all told me, it was like, yeah, they're, you know, on board with me joining the military. It was like, you go to any branch but the Army. <laughs> and the little rebel in me decided to go to the Army. <laughs> of course. But to be honest, the process for the Air Force is just a little bit longer and more strict towards having that STEM degree. And coming out of Dell State at that time, the only thing I had was my criminal justice degree. And so it was pretty much an uphill battle for me trying to go the Air Force route. And like after two years of waiting, I honestly got really impatient. I called my mom one day and I was like, I'm just going to go enlist. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, right. you know, there's nothing wrong with enlisting. You can learn a lot of lessons and, you know, groom right. more mature and groom as a soldier. But on the flip side of that, you are leaving a lot of benefits and like money on the table, to be honest. Right. Um, so she kind of like just cursed me out and hung up the phone. She didn't want to talk to me <laughs> And while I'm standing in that Air Force office, like I usually look right next door because all of the recruiting office is usually located in one location. And I was like, let me just go have a conversation with the Army. And to be honest, like whether it's Air Force officer, Navy officer, or Army officer, it's the same perks and benefits as an officer. The Air Force only difference is they do stuff with a little bit more common sense. So mm. <laughs> right there. Yeah, because common sense ain't so common, so I respect that. Nah, I respect that, because I've never understood the branches too well. I mean, my grandfather's in the military, but he was a paratrooper in World War II, so I never understood the dynamics. And people are like, do you understand how like crucial your grandfather was? I'm like, I do, but I don't. But I ain't going to sit here and act like I know the flex, like... I get it, but at the time he was doing it, black men weren't really respected for the contributions to this country. So, how much you looking to what you want me to get? Like, what you look for me to give to you right now? Like, you know what I'm saying? But like for them, I, I can see it though. You being rebellious and like, now nah, I'm gonna just go to the army. But I can see you in the air force though. But it's like I, I, you know, after getting impatient, it's like two years. It's like, all right, I, I gotta do something because yeah. I'm sitting on my hands at this point. I look at it now, like, I just hit, honestly, January 6th, I hit seven years in the Army, and I'm just like, yeah, those two years I was waiting, I could have been at nine years, and halfway, you know, up the hill, about to turn around and head downhill for 20 years of retirement, you know, so it's it's a lot. It's a, But everything happens for a reason, so there's, there's probably, you know, because, you know, if y'all don't know, Key is, you know, still scholastic, she's currently enrolled in the doctoral program, so she's still... She's she's on her way. Like, she's on her way still. Like, she ain't quit. So that's what, you know, real resilience. We're going to come back to that, though. So you always had a passion, you know, to be a player on the court. What has been an influential factor on your continue, for you to continue that passion, even in the Army? Because you are on the Army team. Uh, so basketball has, like, opened up so many doors for me, you know, as a young adult, a Division One student athlete at Dell State. And even more recently, like, as a soldier, I love the fact that it just continues to challenge me. Like, as far as making me a better leader, communicator, um, teammate, just an overall person, to be honest. Like, being disciplined, like you said, uh, doing the right thing, even when the wrong thing might look so attractive. 
Um, I know I'm not done with basketball because there's just so much more I want to accomplish. Um, and I just know that I still have a lot of room to grow and more to learn with the game. So I'm going to take advantage of that <laughs> as much as I can while I can do it at this age. She act like she's so old. She, we only in our 30s. <laughs> I mean, everything don't move like it used to. But you might need a little extra soaking in the tub a little bit. You know, a little extra stretch. But, you know, it's still do it. But I feel like, what have you seen as the differences between, like, collegiate playing, you know, D1, like you said, as opposed to Army? Like, are there vast differences or are there a lot of similarities, like, when it comes to the structure and the discipline? Uh, I think it's very similar. Don't get me wrong. Um... I think when you're in college, you know, ball is life for us, to be honest. Um, we eat, sleep, and breathe basketball. Um, and that's universal for everybody, from you to your, all your teammates. When you get to the military, it gets a little bit harder because you have female um, who don't necessarily want to play basketball. Like, ball is not life no more. We have more responsibilities. Right. Whether it be like, you know, they have families, they have work that keeps us there late, um, they have injury, injuries that they kind of never recover from. So they have those typical life stuff that keeps them from wanting to play basketball, or maybe they just lost their passion, you know? Um, but I think the biggest thing in the Army, when you play for all the Army team, is that for at least a month or so, you just get to be that college athlete again where you wake up and you're like, yay, I got basketball. Right. <laughs> and now you're like, dang, I'm sore. What the fuck? Listen. Like, what did I sign up for? So um, it just means so much more um, when you're able to win at this level as well. Yeah, because you definitely seasoned. <laughs> um, muscles ain't moving like they used to. The bounce back ain't as quick. I feel you because I even went back myself and I was like, all right, I'm going to go back into a women's league. And I ain't played in like years. And I'm like, whoa. So, yeah, we're going to have to slow down a little red Corvette. You pushing yourself. You are not the same 20-something-year-old you used to be. Relax. Like, your body is way different. You're 30-something. It don't move like it used to. But remember, basketball, you ain't touched, really ain't played, especially after the pandemic, like, I didn't realize how two years really took a toll, like, from playing, yeah. like, for my accounting firm. And I'm like, okay, I'm playing with dudes. I'm really running the court to, like, now I'm playing with nothing but females. And I'm like, whoa, did I lose myself? It's kind of just like, what happened? Like, this ain't, what? I'm 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 out of breath. This is what? Conditioning is now an issue? We have to go back to this? Like... <laughs> It's crazy, and I'm just like, yo, I didn't realize, like, your body really changes. And I'm like, yo, I love basketball, but it's not, like, the passion's not there for me to dedicate to, like, play on a league. Like, I'm not, I have more responsibilities, like like you said, like, being an accountant, senior accountant. I don't have time to be sitting here, being there at 530 practices when my job ends when the when the work day ends. Like, it's not guaranteed I'm going to be there. So, it's like, I, and I'm not a person that likes to half-ass commit. So, it's like, right. I'd rather just not do it at all. Right. I fully understand that. Um, I think about, you know, the days where I used to wake up and I could spend all day in the gym just hooping. Now I go there. It's like two games. I got my W. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> like, listen. Okay. I, what? Respect? Okay, great. So, what y'all don't know, I know y'all probably heard me talk about Shay before, but um, Shay used to ball with Key back at, at Dell State. And Key's number is... You want me to say it? Are you yeah, say it? you can say it. I'll let you say it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I actually do wear number 15. Um, it's always been my number, to be honest. But Shay did wear my number my junior year. Um, <laughs> when I took a step back from the basketball team, uh, 
So, yeah. So, I feel like that's dope. When I seen it, I was like, yo, Keys are 15. And I, y'all know how I feel about Shay, because that's, you know, that's forever. May she rest in peace. Been the homie. But it was just crazy because the irony is, like, the way Shay and I were, it's kind of like how you and I were. Like, we, we were cool in college, but, like, we grew, like, formed more of a closer relationship outside once you graduated. And everybody's like, ain't that weird? I'm like, no, it's not weird because that even shows more truth in the genuineness of the friendship or building a friendship because you're not looking at each other every day where you have the access to just pull up kind of thing situation. So I'm like, that speaks volumes. Like, so I was like, yo, that's dope to me. But I I always thought that I think that's kind of cool because it's like, oh, wow, you get to, you know, pay homage and, you know, have remembrance of Shay, which is pretty dope to me. But I didn't know she took your number from your junior year. Like, yo, that's the crucial year right there. But, you know, that's that's real love right there to let her rock that. That's real love. Honestly, it was it was respect. Like she was arguably the hardest working person on that team in the gym every day. Like, I mean, if you knew Shay back in college, you know, you could always find her in the gym. Um. And I don't know if short people are born with the energy <laughs> or tenacity, but we always had it. And, you know, I had so much respect for her because of that mentality. But, you know, like Sarah, rest in peace to her. I do miss her smile. Um, how she would kind of just run and jump into your arms. Yo, her little self. I'm like, yo. And, like, she just knew, you know, exactly what to say or do. You know? Exactly. Like she knew how to cheer you up. Um, I do miss that. Yo, and her smile is really why she got the nickname Smiles. I'm like, yo, it makes sense because she always had a smile. Even if she mad, she smiled. I'm like, yo, how are you smiling and you're pissed right now? Yeah. Like, dog, yeah. you're still smiling. And the smile is, and it's not like one of them Cheshire Cat smiles. It's really one of them genuine smiles. Like, okay, whatever. Like, but it was so funny because I think it's always been hilarious to me how such a little person has such a deep voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because you know how normally people like they look at people and they're like, okay, I can kind of guess maybe not like I guess you can say guess, but I can see where you like your voice range may octave. And it's like yo, Shay was giving you like, I'm gonna hit you with Barry White, like, and you like this little person. And I'm like, yo, Shay, for somebody so small, you pack so much punch, like your voice doesn't match you, your energy, like you're literally she was like, Yeah, I got Napoleon complex. Like, I don't I don't like I don't like when people think they just because they're bigger than me, they could do more. And I'm like, Yo, you're really like, I'm like, and when I would talk to her, I'm like, yo, what kind of car? She's like, yo, I want a big ass truck. I'm like, typical small people syndrome. Facts. <laughs> like, you just can't just let stuff rock out. But rest in peace to Shay. I commend you. Because the way you be talking, I be seeing, I be like, yo, key, respect. She, like, when she posts the videos in the gym, I be like, respect. Because how how do you do it like and i know there's enough on your plate with the army alone but how do you like you find in time to even who like respect that's that's a that's a black girl magic for real that's black girl magic for real in my mind like and then you still got a smile on your face like respect all day respect so i'm sure that there are strict ramification livings and serving uncle sam especially being a black woman have you ever had any fears while serving um to be honest while serving i have no fears um I feel like in the military, they they'll pick up on it so quick, and that shit will eat, they will eat you alive. <laughs> in that case, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how some days I make it through. If I'm being honest with you, um, some days I walk into a meeting, and I promise you, I'm looking like the angry the angry black person in the room. <laughs> Other days, I know that I have to work twice as hard because I'm a black woman. I'm, I'm sometimes the only black woman in the that world. part. 
um, it's not easy, but I relate everything to basketball. It's that discipline. It's understanding that if you fail to prepare, you're preparing yourself to fail. And um, understanding that there's also a time and place to be the angry black woman and the time to kind of take a step back and not give people what they want. That exactly. um, of you. Um, in the Army, one thing you'll learn real quick is, quickly is that your boss and leaders, they want answers from you. And the thing that most people fall victim to is telling them what they want to hear. And that's just not me. <laughs> I'd rather say, hey, I'll find you the answer after this meeting, rather than sit there and, and you know, go down a rabbit hole and start right. me up in a lie. But then you can't remember the lie when they come circle back. Exactly. Um, what I will say is the Army is real cutthroat and political, so... You know, you think you have a friend in the room, but that's not the case when it comes to, you know, people trying to get promoted and get ahead in life. You're just another person on your chopping block. But you learn and you grow each year in the military and you just become a stronger leader and have those mentors in your corner to help you as well. I feel like the military is in its own bubble because like I feel like what we do as civilians and we think it's cutthroat. I feel like y'all get it like 10 times harder because there's so much more. Because I feel like it's more of a, microsco- a microscopic lens on y'all as opposed to, like, the rest of us civilians in society. Like, we're just here. We're just another number. But, like, you're a number that matters because without y'all, where would we be? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's more eyes. So people are watching. So it's, like, more of a dog-eat-dog mentality where it's, like, let me see where I can go to get. And it's just like, wow. So what we think is really cutthroat, it ain't got nothing probably compared on probably what the inside of the bubble is. No, it it doesn't. (laughs) Um, And then, like, even so, I think about when I first got stationed here in Texas, uh, it was, like, right after COVID, they had eased up on the COVID restrictions. And I was telling my family, yeah, I got Fort Hood, Texas. And everybody was looking at me like... (laughs) <laughs> what? You talk about, you know, where that soldier just got killed at. <laughs> you know, um, rest her soul, but you're right about that microscope that microscope being on us. And it's not always what it's cut out to be. You know what I mean? Uh when I go anywhere with the military, it is what you make it. Um, you'll meet some dope people in the military and then you'll understand quickly who's not your friend or who's not out here to have your back. And it's so sad because you turn around because I just got back from deployment. You turn around and those are the same people that you're expected to have your back on the battlefield with a weapon in their hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and I was yeah. watching, and I know I shouldn't be doing it and trying to kill, but I'm watching like with the new show they got with like the survival of the the world's greatest survival. They take like 16 celebrities or 16 people and live them in like a SCS combat situation for like 10 days. And I'm like, yo, this is the type of training people go through, like, real live. Like, you have to trust the person, even if you don't know them. Like, at the end of the day, like, this could be life or death. And I'm looking like, what? They're like, yeah, let's say what happened is you're, you know, you're driving down and, like, there's somebody, you know, there's a bomb or something. You got to drive the car into the river. What are you going to do? Like, I'm like, what? Jumping off the side of a cliff and I'm supposed to trust somebody I don't even like with my life or I die? I ain't gonna lie. There, there was one day that was in the military when I first joined, and I think it was at the ring. I was like, "Damn, I really joined the military." <laughs> Listen, <laughs> in real life, you know. Um, and it was it, it, it does hit you. And it was crazy because like one of my sorority sisters joined the military like right before COVID, right the same year as COVID, and she joined the Navy. 
And she, we the same age, and I'm looking like, yo, you really trying to go to the Navy at 20-something, dog? Like, why are you doing this right now? She was like, because this is what I want to do. And when I say the training she was trying to do to get in, and I was like, she was like, There's, it's so much harder because I've been out this long, or I'm this my age, and as a black woman, it's so much harder for me to get in. There's a lot more I have to pass on the criteria. And when she got in, I'm like, yo, you really were determined. She was like, you don't understand what it took to get here, though, like... It's not as easy as it looks. Like, I'm like, you know what? Y'all got that. Y'all got that. Because that's that's dedication. So, you are a fellow Hornet alum and played for DSU. And we already talked about that with Difference from the Army. But how often do you see other sisters like yourself as a reflection of black excellence in the ranks or higher ranks? Uh, it's changing. Uh, the, the dynamics of the Army and military in general, it is changing. There's more representation. Um, but it's also understanding that the military has been around longer than we're able to get up the ranks in representation, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the generals and higher ranking officers don't look like us. And so that just kind of takes years and a lot of mental strength to continue excelling through those ranks. And I'll be honest with you, it's not for the week. Um, Because at the end of the day, your career is dependent on, sometimes depending on whether somebody likes you or not. It's not about how good you do your job or you achieve a mission success. It's whether or not your boss or your leader just likes you. It's political in this world, in the Army world, to be honest. It's given a lot of Greek life to me. (laughs) A lot of what you're saying is like, okay, it's giving me flashbacks of like, being Greek, trying to be Greek, like you want to get in, but it's just like there's so many components, like you said, it's political it's a political game, it's about sometimes some people might not pick you because they don't like you, or they don't want to go ahead and see you in this position, or they're trying to go ahead and strategically move for themselves, and it's just like, wow, this is giving me flashbacks a lot of flashbacks right now (laughs) but I understand it though, because like you said, it's been around longer and it has been able to allow us in where we were even respected in the ranks or even being a part of it, not even ranking up. So it's like it's a lot more to do, but it's like it's it's going to be a it's going to be a fight. And it's like a, it's mental gymnastics. You really got to be in the space, probably, I'm sure, to kind of like dodge and weave, maneuver, flip, move to the side, do this, be at this angle kind of thing where it's like real strategic. Yeah, that's, that sounds taxing. That sounds like I would need therapy regularly just to make sure I'm in the right mental state. How do you feel about therapy, too? Like, do you have a therapist, too, as you've been in the in the military? Like, or is that something that you've thought about, or? So, uh, I actually went to therapy the, for the first time when I got back from my last appointment last year. And to be honest, it was life-changing. Like, I was honestly in a bad place, um, had panic attacks and I just didn't feel like myself um I think therapy kind of like saved my life when I got back I have a lot of save my life moments and listen you can have a lot of lives cats do (laughs) um but I am I ain't gonna lie before therapy I always figured like you know the gym was my escape right I knew something was wrong when I can't even go to the gym yeah that's not a red flag alert that's a Houston we have a problem literally yeah so um, I am a huge fan of therapy Um, I'm actually about to go back to therapy so (laughs) just to get back on schedule but yes I'm definitely here for therapy I feel like therapy is essential and I feel like the notion that the black culture used to perpetuate I won't even say perpetuate now anymore because it's more so like 
promoted to go to therapy it's like, oh, black people don't go to therapy. And it's like, girl, what black person? I feel like now, you know, back in the day, it was like, well, black people don't go to therapy. That's some white people stuff. Like, we don't do the da 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 Now it's more so like, oh, black people, uh, da, da, da. somebody who said they don't go to therapy, you looking at them like the side, i like, what you mean you don't like therapy? That's a red flag because it's not like, well, black people do go to therapy because I don't know. More so of asking who doesn't go as opposed to who does go. So I think that's a great, that's the, I think that's a benefit or a great thing to look at because it's like more so black people are looking like, you do you find something wrong with therapy? So what's really, really you're the probably one of the reason why you need it the most, and I'm probably the reason why I'm going is for people like you, who don't, who really don't firmly believe it. Because nine times, what do they say? People who go to therapy, go to therapy to deal with people who don't go. Right. right. <laughs> Just to maneuver through the world for their own sanity to know how to deal with people, and I really feel like that's what therapy is. It's more so like an understanding of yourself. And how you understand yourself to maneuver around other people and people who do or don't go to therapy to know, like, you don't have to react. Sometimes you can just sit back, take notes, and just watch. And then there's some things you just got to know, like, hey, there's a boundary you got to create. Not meant to have that in your atmosphere because I feel like, like you said, it's very strategic in the military. And you have to be mindful of what you do and how you do it. You know, what you work for, it could take in a split second being around somebody who's not in therapy, who doesn't really give a damn or have nothing to lose, where they make you lose everything. Nah, that's absolutely correct. Um, and then also when you think about, it, you know, I've always had friends in my corner where, you know, you can always reach out, get advice, but also understand that they're a little bit biased. You know, when you know you're dead ass wrong. <laughs> exactly. They might still be like, nah, girl, I know you did that, but you are, right. it's not that bad. And sometimes you really do need to be people to just give it to you straight. You know what I mean? Hurts, like, you know, not necessarily hurt your feelings. But just give it to you straight. I'd rather you give it to me straight than stroke my ego. And, exactly. You know. And then I'm over here repeating the same pattern. And then what so happens is I crossed the wrong person with what you told me wasn't so big. And it's big to that person. And now I don't ruffle feathers in a situation where you could have helped me like months ago. And we could have just, I could be on the path, path to progress to fix, try to fix the problem. Right, right. And then I wouldn't be in this predicament now because I don't know how to handle the situation because you've already addressed it. Like, I'm big on that, too, because I hate people who would just be like, I don't need yes men. I need people who are going to tell me, like, you did it. You were wrong. You effed up on that one. You're, that was trifling, Jess. Okay, great. So let me evaluate the situation. Now that you told me, I'm going to go evaluate the situation. And we're going to circle back to this because we're going to table this discussion. Because I feel like if you're telling me it's for a reason, that's because I feel like those who do are honest. It's because they want you to be the best self you can be and they don't want to see you self-destruct. Right, right. And those who do want to watch you self-destruct, you must have been a low-key hater, a dry hater this entire time because you wanted me to lose. Or some people honestly just enjoy the drama. That's what it is as well. I was, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> it's like, and it's crazy to think, like how he says, go circle back to therapy. People who thrive off drama, it's like, Yo, you need therapy because why is this the excitement of your day? Like, why isn't peace the number one excitement of your day to just not have to watch chaos and controversy? Right. Why does this, why do you get a rise? I, listen, they've already done it enough on black TV, which has already got me a little skeptical. But I mean, there's some guilty pleasures, but it's just like, when are we going to learn? When, we, when, when are we going to learn, my people? This is what they're, they're making money off of us. Once again, we're already slaves to the media because they're making money off of us. Andy Cohen, we ain't gonna get me started on him. He making money off these black women making a fool of themselves on this TV. Right. But that's a whole nother conversation. So, 
with that, you also are in school, like I've already mentioned, currently furthering your education. How do you find some sort of balance between serving and scholarship? Because I'm sure that is not easy. Uh, what's that gospel song? How go? That little truth is, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, Tamala Man. Yeah, it it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I try to take things one day at a time. And I wish I had an answer for you for how I balance it. I know somebody once told me, you got to know the difference between what's your glass ball and what's your rubber ball. You know, if you drop mm. your, glass, your, your rubber ball, there's still an opportunity to catch it. If you drop that glass ball, you know. <laughs> you know, it ain't the same. It's yep. So most days, my day starts off with an English card and me writing down a list of my priorities, and I just try to make it through the day. I'm not even mad. Oh, because Key's gonna be modest. She has a 4.0, so <laughs> let's talk about it. She clearly has some type of balance. She may be tired. Truth is, she's tired. Options are few, but she got a 4.0. How about you? Okay. She's making it work. She's making it work. Um, and I commend that. Like, okay, so last question is, what mark are you making on the world to never be forgotten? Uh, I think there's two. I think the first one is generational wealth for my family. I'm big on investing in stocks, recently homes, and hopefully crypto soon. And then the second is making a difference with younger athletes. Mm. Um, it's, it is my dream to get back into coaching. I was coaching uh, high school for two years before I joined the Army. And I kind of just look at it as a way of I can make my mark by sharing my lessons and experiences with someone else. Um, and that someone else, it could be family or just someone who just needs a little bit of guidance and motivation. Those little lessons and experience can go a long way. And I'm hoping that somebody else doesn't make some of the mistakes I, I might have made or regrets that I have about, you know, different things in life. That's 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 real. That's commendable because, you know, we are each other's business is very major. And I think where a lot of the community has an issue is they criticize, criticize, criticize and critique. But it's like, are you lifting your hand back to give those words of wisdom to that next generation to guide them where they need to go? Or are you just going to sit here and critique them the whole time and have just a stank face like you're not helping? So I respect the fact that you want to give back and kind of guide the next generation to know like, hey, I'm not one of these that you might see out here. I want to try to help you and guide you in the right direction so that you know that you have somebody to trust and somebody who's here that really wants to see you be at your best. So I really do respect that. So before we go, can you got any words of wisdom, any be real bomb, anything you want to share with the people for them to remember you? Uh, I think the only thing I would say is don't let anybody put you in a box. You know what I mean? Uh, always leave yourself room to grow. And go after your goals and dreams because, you know, nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, I've had too many times playing basketball where a coach would tell me, like, hey, this is this is the extent of your talent, to be honest. it's not. They don't say it like that, but you can understand when somebody's mm-hmm. telling you your And my only advice is prove them wrong every time. Um, just prove, prove people wrong and go after what you want. Even if it takes you, if even if your plan A don't work out, go all the way to plan Z. That's just gonna work out. That's all I got, to be honest. And there, and there, you got it, people. So tell the people where they can find you to support you as you go through your journey. <laughs> you want my socials? I mean, you can if you want to. If you don't want to, that's fine too. I mean, y'all can just wait for me to just tell y'all to just go go support the. You know, whenever if y'all watch the army game, make sure y'all just go support. I'm gonna just keep it like that. 
She don't gotta give y'all social. I'm just saying, y'all make sure y'all go support. That's all I'm gonna do for y'all. Support me and support uh, support you. Hey, let's support each other. That's Period. Right. And that's it. So, Key, I appreciate you taking the time once again, sharing your experience. This is a great conversation. You know, it's, you know, thanks, friend. I appreciate you, friend. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Always. Catch y'all later. Sometimes we go through life, we have different changes. As y'all see, Key's road to the military wasn't of the average. It's a little bit different, but you see, it saved her life. Always in life, there's always a few good things, and never forget it. As always, stay on air, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. What she say? Key said, don't box yourself in, and never limit yourself. We all deserve a few good things, and never forget it. Like the taxi wars, but the thing about turf is that it never actually grows. 